Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us right off the top here at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday for Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top story this morning, a Sanford shooting leaves one dead, five injured. Details coming up in one minute. And our opinion-driven talk shows like this one, Bad for America. What do you think? We'll talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. Officials in Sanford say the shootings of six people Tuesday, or rather Monday morning, were the result of a domestic incident. 26-year-old Tina Herring was killed, also shot her sons, ages 7 and 8, and her 60-year-old father, along with a high school student at a bus stop, and another bystander, arrested as 31-year-old Alan Cash, Sanford Police Chief Cecil Smith. This was a domestic that went wrong. And he was angry and frustrated because of some circumstances that uh, led to him being involved or uh, being having the police department interact with him, which we believe led to um, this horrible incident taking place. The boys are hospitalized at Arnold Palmer in critical but stable condition. The 18-year-old girl who was shot waiting for her school bus is in serious but stable condition. The other person shot at the uh, bus stop Uh, is a man who is also in stable condition. And we don't have word uh, at this point on the condition of the grandfather, the father of the woman who was killed. Well, I know you'll give us updates as they come along. And in our 7 o'clock hour, I've been thinking about this horrible story out of Sanford here. I see parallels to the Markeith Lloyd case. And um, and this guy, Alan Cash, um, says to me, and I'll explain at 7, that the criminal justice system here in Florida has failed we the people Again, in one hour, Alan. And, you know, we were just coming off uh, Sunday. Three people shot in two separate incidents. Yes, in that's the Orlando true here area. in Orlando, yep. Orlando and Orange County are planning to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. June 12th has been designated as Orlando United Day. Our community will never forget the tragedy of Poles or the grief of those who lost loved ones, from heartbroken family and friends to survivors putting shattered lives back together. Our entire community stands with you. Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer and Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs announced the plans on a video posted Monday to the newly launched OrlandoUnitedDay.com. A series of day-long remembrance events in downtown Orlando will end in a vigil at the Pulse nightclub. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida and a dozen other mostly Republican-led states are throwing their support behind the Trump administration's temporary ban on new visas to people from six mostly Muslim nations. In a court filing Monday, the state said the president's revised travel restrictions, now frozen by federal judges, are well within the authority granted to him by Congress and do not discriminate based on religion. Talk more about that in a moment. I'm glad to see this with the travel ban, as I'll explain. And also, for those who think the Trump train has been derailed over health care, Uh, Think again and stay tuned. Wait till you hear what's going on 10 minutes from now. Gas prices have risen about three cents a gallon statewide over the past week. AAA Florida's Mark Jenkins says that's because there's more people filling up their tanks. You've got more people driving and in town for spring break, spring training. You've still got winter residents who are here for the season. So you've got that increased demand at a time when refineries are putting out less gasoline because they're switching over to uh, summer blend gasoline. They're also taking some of their machinery offline because they're doing routine seasonal maintenance. Jenkins says at the same time, crude oil prices have been dropping and that's keeping prices from rising even more. 
The city of Orlando is urging all Central Florida residents to wear black and gold today to show their support for the UCF Knights basketball team. The Knights are in the Final Four of the National Invitation Tournament and will take on TCU in a semifinal matchup tonight at Madison Square Garden. UCF head coach Johnny Dawkins. It's been a terrific year from the standpoint of expectations and you know what we talked about trying to accomplish as a group and to see our young people believe and give us a chance to be here still playing at this time of the year. You know, something that I'll always, I'll always remember. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 8.45 p.m. on our sister station, FM 96.9, The Game. I'm wearing my black and gold. What about you, Mr. Spector? I'm wearing some black. I didn't, that, get, I didn't get the memo from yesterday from the mayor. You, on, <laughs> you're in the I. news. You're supposed to know these things. Obviously, Yaffe's got an inside track <laughs> as a UCF grad. You're a UCF grad. I didn't graduate from UCF, but I'm fired up. I'm close to black in navy blue. Does no, that work? No. <laughs> no, not at all. It <laughs> doesn't count at all. Well, nevertheless, go <laughs> Knights! The biggest basketball game this school has ever played coming up tonight. Wow. I'm going to go change into my gold underwear just to be okay. WFLA News Time is 6.06. A man in Lakeland is arrested for eating pancakes in the middle of the road. The video's online now at 1025wfla.com. <laughs> The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Deb's off today. I'm Inspector handling the news. You heard Yaffe in the control room, and uh, that pancake story is right out of your voluminous Florida file, isn't it, buddy? Yeah, eating pancakes in the middle of the road. You can't do that. It should have been French toast. Yeah, absolutely. Never pancakes. French toast no, Follow is the right. rules, yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, what a crazy story. We are so glad you're with us here this morning. We're going to be talking about the big um, showdown between the left and the right. Between liberal attorney John Morgan and the Bud Man here, your conservative host on Good Morning Orlando, in the first ever blowing smoke debate at the Corona Cigar Company in downtown Orlando this Thursday night, the 30th from 7 until 9. More details on that coming up. Get your tickets right now. It's a ticket-only event. And you go to the website, 1025wfla.com. Hope to see you on Thursday night. We'll see whether or not I can take down John Morgan. He thinks... He's going to take me apart down at the Corona Cigar Company. We'll see. More on that coming up here. And some big news. We are moving. Okay? We're going to tell all about that here uh, very shortly. But i got to get into this story that is prompted by uh, an on-air dust-up between legendary news anchor and reporter Ted Koppel and um, conservative radio and TV host, Sean Hannity, raising the issue of whether or not people who do what I do for a living, hosting opinion-driven talk shows, are bad for America. Koppel says yes. What say you? We'll get into it in a moment. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA in just two minutes. Good morning, Orlando. From the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Ted Koppel used to host Nightline years ago, been around forever. He's pushing 80 and basically in retirement, but he does pieces now and then. He did one for CBS Sunday morning uh, over the weekend uh, on um, on the issue of, of bias in the media, as he sees it, and the evil that is opinion-driven shows like... What I'm doing right here for you this morning and have for the better part of 15 years on WFLA, 
and what conservative host Sean Hannity has been doing for more years than that on television and on radio. Hannity agreed to an interview with Koppel. They talked 45 to 50 minutes. About a minute is what got on the air. And, um, and, and, and Hannity is so incensed by everything that got left on the floor, including the countless examples that he pointed out of liberal media bias and how liberalism has failed. He's accusing CBS and Ted Koppel of generating fake edited news, and he wants the whole video released instead of the 70 seconds that played. But during that 70 seconds that hit the air, some really interesting questions were raised. Here is Ted Koppel, I want you to listen closely, telling Sean Hannity that opinion-driven shows like his on radio and TV and like mine right here on WFLA hurt this country. You think we're bad for America? You think I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do. In the in the long haul, I think you really? and all these opinion That's shows. That's sad, Ted. No, you know why? That's sad. Because you're very good at what you do, and because you have Take you have floor. you have attracted people who are determined that ideology is more important than facts. He's talking to you, fellow conservatives. Here, he's essentially calling you mindless idiots who cannot determine. The difference between opinion and straight news. What an insult that is. But I would expect nothing less from Ted Koppel, who's got great journalistic creds over the years. His Nightline show was great. But Ted Koppel's a card-carrying member of the liberal media elite. And boy, did he show his stripes there. You know, it's interesting. The liberals have taken their shot at opinion-driven talk radio. Air America was a colossal failure. What we have here in conservative talk radio is a demand being fulfilled in the free marketplace. That's exactly what this is. And people having far more options as to where to get their information than in the days of the virtual monopoly. When there was virtually nothing on television that passed for news, much less opinion, than the network shows anchored by the likes of my childhood hero, the late Walter Cronkite. I used to love the way he signed off with his signature phrase, but when you think about it, the Cronkite sign-off was the most arrogant thing I've ever heard from a news anchor in my life. After a half an hour CBS Evening News every night, Cronkite had the unmitigated gall to say this. And that's the way it is. What did you say, Walter? Say it again. And that's the way it is. 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 Wow. That's it. Don't think about anything else. Don't challenge us. This is the way it is. Do you agree with Sean Hannity? We're going to spend more time on this later in the show. We'll be able to take calls and text messages as well. I got to move on to some other things. Very exciting news about the Trump train, which, contrary to popular opinion in the wake of the health care debacle last Friday, has not at all been derailed. But the question on the table when we get back into this topic will be, is Koppel right? That opinion-driven shows like Hannity's, like mine, are bad for America. Be ready to go on that. So, veteran, dare I say, ancient... 
generally retired newsman Ted Koppel tells conservative host Sean Hannity that these opinion-driven shows like yours, Sean, and by extension like mine right here on WFLA, are bad for America because they attract an enormous number of people who cannot distinguish between ideology and facts. Yaffe, you got a show that you do? You're a real part of what we do here on Good Morning Orlando? Um, you offended as much as I am by Koppel? Not surprised, but offended by it? Outraged by it? Well, yeah, I liked what uh, Sean and other people were saying yesterday in that <laughs> when Ted Koppel was saying that, he was giving an opinion himself. Yeah. Well, then, and, that, that, and that's the hypocritical angle on the whole thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So these, you know, these so-called journalists give opinions themselves all the time. But they're allowed to do it, but we're not. Well, sure, we're part of the media elite. We know best. Our exactly. opinions are good. Our opinions align with facts. Right. You know. But, man, you and Sean and everybody else, you're attracting a bunch of knuckle-dragging Neanderthals who don't have any idea what's real and what's not and what's fact and what's opinion. I know. Yeah, I'm offended, too. I like opinion stuff, even from the other side. I listen to opinions from the other side and read opinions from the other side all the time. And we welcome him here on the 50,000-watt front porch every morning. Yeah. Opinions oh, yeah. counter to ours. Let's bring on Keith in Orlando on the big dust-up between Koppel and Hannity. What about it, Kevin? Kevin, uh, good morning. Hey, yeah, this yeah, that's Kevin from Melbourne. Forgive hey, me. Uh, Go right ahead. Uh, that's okay, but I really, I really enjoyed Sean's monologue last night on his show. Yeah, I, I watched it. I recorded it and woke up to it this morning. Yep. Uh, it was excellent, and uh, he made great points. And it just, it's just very evident that the liberal, you know, left-wing propaganda machine out there in the mainstream media is prevalent, and they are basically trying to say that. He's holding ideology over uh, facts. The facts come out with your show and comes out with Sean's show. I don't know what he's talking about there. Those are facts. There you go, Kevin. Thank you so much. More on this in our 8 o'clock hour. We'll blow out a couple of segments for it. Be ready to call and comment. Um, those of you who think that the Trump machine, the Trump train, has been derailed after the uh, failed health care bill vote last Friday, think again. Listen to this. Today, the president will sign an executive order to undo a slew of Obama-era climate change regulations, bolstering domestic energy production. And um, it's dubbed the Energy Independence Order. It's going to be just absolutely great news, getting rid of some of these um, overly restrictive environmental regulations, uh, freeing up the oil and the gas, and particularly the coal mining industries. Lots of jobs. It's going to be terrific. And uh, also, uh, and I headlined this before, the president is um, is forming the White House Office of American Innovation to be run by his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. And um, it brings together the best people they have from government, the private sector, and other others in this country. And um, finding solutions to problems here, focusing on implementing policies and scaling down proven private sector models to spur job creation and innovation. And part of this... Um, board that he has for the uh, Office of Innovation includes some of the biggest hitters in industry, Apple's Tim Cook, um, Tesla's Elon Musk, Bill Gates of Microsoft. Wow, power hitters there on board with this innovative idea. The uh, Trump travel bans getting some welcome support here. The state of Florida and a dozen other states have filed a brief in support of Trump's ban as it goes to a federal appeals court. You know, those two judges out in Hawaii and Maryland 
uh, have put the ban on hold of the, you know, people coming in from these countries in the Middle East that have terrorist populations among them and, and, and no way to vet who is coming into this country. And, um, and, and the support, the support is, um, is not necessarily going to carry the day legally, but it, but it just shows that there's another point of view here. The brief argues the courts are infringing on Trump's constitutional ability to make national security decisions by blocking the order. And, and they're absolutely right on that. And one other thing, again, boy, the Trump train's like 10 miles long this morning. Trump's uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions yesterday uh, went before the microphone in the White House briefing room to announce that the Trump administration um, has putting all the sanctuary cities that harbor illegal aliens and won't work with the uh, feds from ICE uh, to turn them over and get them deported, okay? The ones who are, who are here illegally and the ones particularly who are engaged in criminal activity. He's put all the sanctuary cities on notice that they are violating federal laws, could lose access to billions and billions of dollars in Justice Department grants if they continue to thwart efforts to deport illegal aliens. No, the Trump train is doing just fine, rolling down the tracks. Rolling into the studio alongside the Bud Man, in for the Deb Meister this morning, Alan Spector. With more on a story we're going to look at in depth in our 7 o'clock hour, the big shooting spree up in Sanford, one dead, five injured, suspect now in custody with a long criminal history, and a hearing today in the Mark Keith Lloyd case. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at 629. By now, let's bring in Alan Spector for Deborah Roberts this morning. If you're just joining us, we're going to get you up to news, and there is a very big local story that dominates. Alan? But it's the fatal shooting in Sanford. It began Monday morning with an argument over car and house keys. Sanford Police Chief Cecil Smith says 31-year-old Alan Cash and his girlfriend, 35-year-old Latina Herring, were arguing at a local convenience store, and officers were called. She stated that Cash had the keys to her home and would not return them. While speaking to the victim, Sanford police received a 911 call from Cash stating that the victim had the keys to his vehicle. The the victim returned the keys to Cash, and both parties left the gas station separately. Chief Smith says officers were called to a second scene later. Officials say that episode ended with Cash leaving the scene the third time they were alerted. They say Cash had shot and killed Herring and shot and wounded her 7- and 8-year-old sons, her 60-year-old father, and two bystanders at a nearby school bus stop, including an 18-year-old girl. The boys were last reported in critical but stable condition at Arnold Palmer. The girl is in serious but stable condition. Another man shot at the bus stop is stable. We do not have word on the uh, father of uh, the woman who was killed and his current condition. And if you have caught up with the criminal history of Alan Cash, uh, the gunman in this case here, um, you wonder why in the world he still was walking among us here and could engineer a shooting um, a rampage like that. It feels to me as though our criminal justice system has failed us once again, and I'll make the case in detail at 7 o'clock, Alan. And of course, the whole story is horrible, bud, but the mystifying thing is the bus stop where he goes by and just apparently announces to the kids there, you have to die. Yeah. And start shooting. Yeah. I mean, well, th- this guy's a bad dude, but never worse than he was in this situation. Mm. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The fight over whether the governor can take away an officer killing case from a prosecutor because she no longer will seek the death penalty in any cases is returning to a courtroom in Orlando. 
A hearing is taking place today in the case of Markeith Lloyd, who's charged with murdering an Orlando police lieutenant and Lloyd's pregnant ex-girlfriend. Rick Scott took the case away from state attorney Aramis Ayala in Orlando earlier this month after she announced she would not seek the death penalty in Lloyd's case or any future cases. A bill to impose longer prison terms on illegal immigrants who commit violent crimes has cleared a budget subcommittee in the Florida House. But Kara Gross with the ACLU says it's unconstitutional and they'll sue if it ever becomes law. This bill punishes more harshly some individuals solely as a result of their citizenship, their nationality, and their immigration status, and therefore unlawfully discriminates on the basis of national origin or citizenship. The sponsor admits there could be a constitutional problem with the bill, but he says they should pass it anyway. In sports, wear your black and gold today. UCF is in the Final Four of the National Invitation Tournament and faces TCU in the NIT semifinals tonight. Knights center Taco Fall is pumped up for the biggest game in school history. We feel great. We, we prepare all week long. Um, the guys were great. Practice was great. The coaches made sure they prepared us for everything we should face this um, this couple of games, so we're very excited. Tip-off at Madison Square Garden is 9 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins at 845 on our sister station, FM 96.9 The Game. WFLA News Time 636. I'm Alan Spector. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthemeyers.com. Right now, we're going to bring in Gina Cervetti with our Tuesday morning Bloomberg Business Report. As always, live from the Big Apple in the New York City Bloomberg Newsroom. And good morning to you, Gina. But good morning to you. You know, the stock prices have been riding high for a long time. Now they've been on a bit of a slide. Get us up to date, if you will. Sure. Well, this morning we have the stock futures rising here just a little bit after the market slipped yesterday for a seventh day in eight with the health care bill not advancing last week. That's under, undermining some optimism among investors that President Trump will be able to enact his promised growth policies. Some of the stocks that were seeing the gains early after the election were the ones declining yesterday. Financials among them. The losses weren't huge. The Dow was down 46 points to 20,551. The S&P lost two points, about a tenth of a percent, closing at 2342. The Nasdaq went up a little bit, about 12 points, and closed at 5840. And this morning, Bloomberg has the spotlight on the only Fortune 500 company headquartered here in Orlando, Darden Restaurants. What's the latest there with Darden, uh, Gina? Well, yeah, Orlando-based Darden has agreed to acquire Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen for $780 million in cash, giving the owner of the Olive Garden another restaurant brand that it can use to fuel growth. Darden is buying the chain from an investor group. Cheddar's, founded in 1979, has 165 locations across 28 states, including a few there in the Orlando area. Uh, Darden also posted better-than-expected results for its third quarter and boosted its earnings outlook for the year. So uh, good news there for Orlando-based Darden. Yeah, I like Cheddar's. I mean, you know, what do I know from an investment (laughs) standpoint? But it sounds like a pretty good acquisition to me. Very interesting stuff. We all remember the nightmare of those fire-prone Galaxy Note 7s, those smartphones that would just go up in flames. Um, Bloomberg has some interesting news on what's happened to the guts of those flawed phones. What can you tell us? Well, the Galaxy Note 7s could wind up as refurbished devices. That's one consideration that Samsung is looking at for the millions of devices that it pulled off the shelves last year. Another option is recycling the materials. Now, Samsung says that offering those devices as refurbished phones depends on consultations with regulatory authorities and the wireless carriers, as well as demand. 
And finally, we've been talking about uh, March Madness and the NCAA tournament here, which is heading for its final four and a climax over the weekend here. How's it doing on television this year, Gina? It's doing well, bud. The television audience for the rounds of the men's college basketball tournament so far up 10% this year from last. March Madness games are averaging 9.8 million viewers, making this the third most watched tournament in 24 years, according to CBS and Time Warner's Turner. The higher ratings here could temper some concern in the television industry that audiences are losing interest in watching live sports. Yeah, i got to tell you, I love March Madness, and I'm not at all surprised they're doing that well. Thank you so much, Gina, as always. Great having you with us um, every morning at 635 for the Bloomberg Business Report live from New York City. Have a great day. Thank you, Gina. All right. Thanks, bud. You too. All right. Now, here's the question on the table. Are we in the media overcovering terrorism and terrorist attacks? My take and yours coming up and a very thought-provoking angle on this from a member of the British European Parliament in the wake of the London terrorist attack last week. He says we're making too much out of all of this. Are we? Let's talk about it next. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you straight ahead here in just two minutes. So hope you'll stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I've got to tell you, I welcome opposing points of view on the 50,000 watt front porch from you folks who were kind enough to listen to our show in the morning and good morning, Orlando. On the phone, on the text line as well. But Yaffe and I both like to read opposing viewpoints, whether we agree with them or not. We don't steer away from them, and we want to bring them to light on the show um, when it's uh, when it's important and when it is thought-provoking. And I found this piece, which Yaffe discovered in the Washington Examiner by Dan Hannon, who is a British conservative member of the European Parliament. Remember, they haven't pulled out of the European Union yet. The Brexit thing is coming. He's a conservative, Dan Hannan. And he's been thinking about the terrorist attack last week with a guy, Khalid Massoud, um, who became radicalized, converted to Islam, etc., uh, British-born, uh, drove his car uh, down the bridge onto the sidewalk, killed a bunch of people, including an American, and then got out and um, tried to get into the parliament and uh, and knifed a, uh, a police officer uh, to death, okay? It actually, as he points out, has been quite some time, more than a decade, since somebody associated with radical Islam has uh, committed um, a crime of that nature in Great Britain. You have to go back to the 2005 London tube bombings, as he points out. But he says, we cover this too much. We give these people too much credit. And thereby, we kind of romanticize terrorism. This is his contention. It's not mine. And it attracts more people to jihad. Okay? For the glory of it all, for the attention of it all, for the worldwide media coverage. Every time there is a terrorist attack at the hands of of radical Islam in one form or another. He says most of these people, he says this guy in particular in Britain, was just a numbskull with a car and a knife. He says we should treat these people as what they are. Losers with laughable underwear bombs and a pleasing tendency to blow themselves up in error. But we don't. We write them up as members of a sinister global terrorist network. We describe them as a threat 
to the state. It says nobody has an incentive to downplay terrorism, Hannon writes. The academic expert, the police chief, the spook, the journalist, they all come together in consciously or subconsciously wanting to magnify the drama. No politician dares point out that you are statistically more likely to be killed by a toddler than a jihadi. So we carry on taking these losers at something close to their own estimate, that is, as soldiers engaged in a civilizational war. It is precisely this illicit glamour that draws lonely and alienated young men to political violence in the first place. In conclusion, he writes, in the aftermath of the London attack, everyone is screaming in the media that it's an attack on democracy. But he writes that the real danger to democracy is that we respond in a way that cheapens our values while at the same time attracting the next unbalanced teenager looking for a cause. The men who carry out these crimes are not holy warriors. They are ugly, emotionally stunted criminals, and we need to remember that. That from Dan Hannon, who was a British conservative member of the European Parliament. He really had me thinking there, Yaffe, but I don't agree with him. We do have an international radical Islamic movement with many names, but one goal, whether it's al-Qaeda or ISIS or you name it, and that is the destruction of Western civilization and the imposing of, of Sharia law and, uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a ruthless form of Islam on the entire world. They want to they create a, a worldwide caliphate and either convert or kill all of us. And these people, whether they act as lone wolves radicalized in front of their computer by jihadi um, radical Islamic uh, materials that are out there, or whether they're actually part of an organized group here or abroad, this threat is is the, I think, I think, the existential threat of our time. And I think it's real. And I think it deserves the coverage it gets. And I don't think we overcover it. How could we overcover the Pulse nightclub massacre, Mr. Hannon? Was that? Oh, that's just one one disgruntled guy whacked out with an axe to grind. We got forty nine people dead in our city here. Are we making too much of it? San Bernardino, Fort Hood, you name it. I don't agree with what he says, but I think it raises an interesting point. Do you think? We give the terrorists too much coverage and thereby breed more of them. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. I really would like to know what you think, and I'll get Yaffe's take on this here in just a moment. Interesting perspective from that Brit who's a conservative member of the British uh, European Parliament, Dan Hannon, writing in the conservative Washington Examiner, and say the real danger to democracy is not terrorism and radical Islam. It is over-glamorizing by over-covering terrorists and their terrorist attacks. I don't agree with that, Yaffe. I don't agree with that, although I do believe that there are those who say, wow, look at all the attention that loser got. You know, look what I could do on my way out of this world, you know, on the way to the 72 virgins or whatever they might believe. But I, I'm sorry. I, I, I think I don't want I don't want the reality of radical Islamic terrorism minimized or covered up or not covered at all. 
he makes an interesting point that um, part of the reason terrorists do what they do, you know, it's called they're called terrorists to implement terror. They want the attention so we can be afraid and do things negative to our society. So I understand that to a point. But I agree with you that this is really about a radical ideology that is spreading across the world. And news outlets now often ignore the radical ideology. And we we can't ignore it because if we ignore it, it will be at our peril because it just keeps growing and growing and in different places in our society and the world. Yeah, and, and here in our mainstream media, and I think you're seeing this in Britain as well, they really try to downplay the threat and the reality of radical Islamic ideology driving terrorism here. Um you know, and, and because they don't want their, they don't want the population all spooked and uh, upset, et cetera. They also don't want to admit that they've got a problem with this they can't solve. You know that um, that uh, that 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 law enforcement and intelligence is unable to deal with this problem. Shut it down so the people are safe. Plus, you know? political correctness yes. plays a big role. In Absolutely this. right. So, in some ways, he's right. We overcover things. But then in other ways, they don't cover the real point at all, the real things at all. And, you know, we had a, we have a, someone on the text line who's making kind of the same points we are, says highlighting Islamic terror is important to stoke public and therefore political support for a full time offensive against this, against it. Jihadists haven't needed media support to recruit members for the past couple hundred years. So to act like, you know, they need the media support and the media covering it to attract them, it's the ideology that does it. Well, and and one of the reasons Donald Trump shot to the top of the crowded field and won the nomination in the election as president of the United States was he wouldn't play the political correctness game. He wouldn't deny the reality here, and it resonated with the American people who, by and large, by virtue of the fact that they followed him on this policy, they want a get-tough approach to terrorism and radical Islam. And Trump was the one who promised that. And you made an excellent point in the last segment that the Pulse nightclub shooter, you know, it would be very hard to argue, oh, well, that's just some one crazy guy doing minimum damage. That was, he killed a lot of people. And it was all based on that radical ideology. Yep, absolutely right. Now, the Sanford shooter only killed one, but he went on that shooting rampage yesterday morning. And when you realize what this guy's criminal history is, and how long he has been um, causing mayhem, I think you'll conclude with me that um, the criminal justice system has failed because this guy should never have been walking free among us. We're going to talk about this in our 7 o'clock hour. Please don't go away. It is a most important local story, as I'm sure you agree. We come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio on Good Morning Orlando. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And, of course, we're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 nationwide on iHeartRadio. In for Deb this morning, a news update with Alan Spector just ahead. A shooting in Sanford leaves one dead, five injured. And, uh, as we've been saying, June 12th will be Orlando United Day on the first anniversary of the Pulse Massacre. More details here just ahead. And good morning, Orlando, at exactly 7 o'clock. 
Good morning, Orlando, and the top of the morning to you here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on a Tuesday edition of the show as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a Sanford shooting spree leaves one dead, five injured, and we'll have details coming up in one minute. And what you need to know about the Sanford shooter and what it says to me about the state of criminal justice in Central Florida. Next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. The chief of Sanford police is standing by his officers in the case of a fatal shooting Monday morning. Chief Cecil Smith says officers who had investigated calls involving suspect Alan Cash and his girlfriend were thorough. Prior to that taking place, he had been searched twice, at least twice, by officers, and his vehicle had been searched prior as well. Cash was arrested Monday after what appears to have been a domestic dispute turned tragic. The girlfriend, her father, and her two sons were shot along with two random bystanders before Cash was taken into custody. The woman died of her injuries. The others remain hospitalized. The two boys apparently sustained the worst injuries. They're in critical but stable condition at Arnold Palmer. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. June 12th is being designated as Orlando United Day, commemorating the massacre at the Pulse nightclub on that day a year ago. As we prepare for the anniversary of Pulse, the world is working to honor and remember the lives we lost. Through a day of love and kindness dedicated to the legacy of those who perished, we will continue to cherish their memories. That's Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs, who appeared with Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer on a video on the website orlandounitedday.com. The day's events will center on downtown Orlando, culminating in a vigil at Pulse. A bill in the state legislature that would have allowed high school students to get foreign language credit for courses on computer coding has been gutted. Linda Markley with the Florida Foreign Language Association says it could have created all sorts of problems when it's time to apply for college. It is not good policy to constrict the higher education options of our youngsters by enticing them to avoid courses generally required for admission to Florida's private colleges and universities to all out-of-state colleges and universities. The bill passed a House subcommittee after it was rewritten. It still talks about the need for computer classes, but any mention of replacing foreign language studies has been removed. In Washington, Democrats are calling on House Intelligence Chairman Devin Nunez to recuse himself from the panel's probe into alleged Russian interference in last year's U.S. presidential election. Nunez has acknowledged visiting the White House grounds to review intelligence reports behind his claim that U.S. spy agencies may have inadvertently captured President Donald Trump and his associates during routine surveillance of foreigners. UCF hopes to advance to the championship game of the National Invitation Tournament at Madison Square Garden as the Knights face TCU in tonight's semifinal, UCF guard B.J. Taylor. we got to come out and play with a lot of energy, um, for sure. we got a lot of respect for TCU and the season they've had, and they had a really good season in the Big 12, so we got to come out and expect a, a tough fight and a competition, but we've kind of we've thrived in those moments throughout the season when it was going to be the toughest and the hardest game, so we know we got to come out and play physical and play tough if we want to come out with the win. Pre-game coverage begins at 8.45 tonight on our sister station, FM 96.9. The game tip-off, tip-off, is at 9. WFLA news time is 7.06. Looks like an asteroid once caused a tsunami on Mars. Whoa. Yes. That story, online now. 
at 1025WFLA.com. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> take that. <laughs> the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. You don't even have any water up there. I didn't even tsunami without water, Alan. Well, that's, that's still to be determined whether there's water there or not. Well, there isn't now. But you're saying long ago, maybe there was water and they had a tsunami from it. All I'm saying is it looks like an asteroid once caused a tsunami on <laughs> Mars. That story online now at 1025WFLA.com, period. I guess he doesn't want to be pressed on the issue, right, Yaffe? I think I better move on right now. I didn't actually read the story. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the story is self-explanatory, though, yeah. really. Asteroid, tsunami, Mars, <laughs> right. case closed. All right, I have no further questions of the witness. You might step down. Thank All right? You. Thank you. All right, in a moment. Um, oh, by the way, a little later in the hour, we're going to get into the uh, the big showdown, the big debate, the blow-and-smoke debate between liberal attorney John Morgan and the Bud Man uh, at the uh, Corona Cigar Company in downtown Orlando this Thursday night. Um, it's a ticket-only event. You can get your tickets, and uh, boy, there's a lot of great stuff comes along with the ticket. All the info you want to join us, and I think it's going to be an unforgettable night. I can't wait. Deb will be the moderator. If you want to meet the Deb Meister, she'll be there. 1025WFLA.com. Get your blowing smoke tickets before they sell out. Now, we need to get into the Sanford shooting rampage that Alan gave you the very latest on a moment ago, and um, I've been looking into the criminal history of the gunman, this 31-year-old named Alan Cash. And it says to me, how in the world is this guy still out walking among us to engineer this kind of mayhem? There are too many people like this. And the criminal justice system, it seems to me, has failed us once again. I wonder what you think. We'll find out as we talk about it together in a moment. And we'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Alan's giving you the latest on the shooting rampage up in Sanford. Now in custody and under arrest again, 31-year-old Alan Cash. Man, when I look at this guy's criminal history, I mean, it, it's just echoes of Mark Keith Lloyd, the cop killer, although he hasn't killed a cop, Alan Cash. But domestic violence, repeat felon, multiple times under arrest, and we still have him out walking among us the way Mark Heath Lloyd was. We have too many scenarios like this in Central Florida. We have a lot of good people working in the criminal justice system, from the police on the street all the way up to the judges, you know, the attorneys and staffs in between. There's no question about that. But when you put it all together, I still think the criminal justice system is failing we, the law-abiding public, too often. And I think this is just the latest case in point. Here's what we know based on media reports about this guy, the suspect in the shooting rampage up in Sanford. This left one dead and I believe five injured. 31-year-old Alan Cash, a violent arrest history. He is the focus of 19 criminal cases in Seminole County alone over many years. Much of that directed at women. Common denominator with the likes of Markeith Lloyd, domestic violence, too often basically just overlooked. He's currently on probation. As a matter of fact, 
when he was picked up after the shooting rampage on felony probation. That was to be terminated Friday, but it's been revealed he also has a pending case against him on a charge of violating his probation. He's a convicted felon. They found him with an AK-47 on him, by the way. We don't know what he used to kill his girlfriend yet, but he never should have been allowed to have a gun as a convicted felon. We see too much of that, too, don't we? At any rate, listen to this. In 2017, Alan Cash bashed in the windows of his girlfriend's car with a baseball bat. A few months earlier, he was found on top of a different girlfriend, pummeling her with his fists. 2010, he points a gun at a relative and the woman he was with and says, if I were not on county GPS, being monitored with an ankle bracelet, I guess, I would pull the trigger and kill both of you, according to an arrest report. Prosecutors have dropped charges in those cases that I just related to you. We see too many plea deals, too often charges dropped. The criminal justice system failing we, the law-abiding people. In 2012, a Seminole County jury convicted Alan Cash of punching a different girlfriend in the face several times in the Castleberry home that they shared. He did wind up there serving five months in jail. He's also been convicted on drug and gun charges. Four people, not including Latina Herring, the girlfriend he killed, petitioned for domestic violence injunctions against Alan Cash in the last 12 years. Result, a judge granted one of those requests back in 2005, but not the others. I mean, how often does someone like Alan Cash have to commit a serious crime before they never see the light of day again. There is no end to this. It is outrageous. We had, I think, 20 arrests of Mark Keith Lloyd over a 10-year period, something like that, the cop killer. This guy, 19 criminal cases against him in Seminole County alone. And there he was, free as a bird, to murder his girlfriend, seriously injure a couple of her kids and wound several other people in the mayhem early Monday morning. Do you agree with me that while we have a lot of good people working in law enforcement and criminal justice, that collectively, too often, this system is failing we, the law-abiding public? 407-916-5400, and that is what the Alan, K- the Alan Cash story says to me. You should be outraged that people like this are allowed to walk among us. The system has got to be tightened up. No more political correctness. No more coddling these people thinking you can rehabilitate them. You can't put the rest of us at risk in that effort. I'm a lock them up, throw the key away guy when it comes to the likes of Mark Heath Lloyd and Alan Cash. What say you? 407-916-5400. Her son's critically wounded, several other people wounded as well, because we just couldn't keep her boyfriend, Alan Cash, behind bars, despite the fact he's a repeat felony offender, domestic violence time after time after time, the focus of 19 criminal cases in Seminole County alone. I mean, the problem here to me is you got too many plea deals, you got situations with a guy like this where they drop charges a couple of times. I mean, what are we paying our prosecutors to do? But prosecute, not find a way not to, for crying out loud. 
We got sentencing guidelines for serious crimes, but judges have discretion. And too often, I think with these repeat offenders, they don't max them out on what the penalty is. And in some cases, the penalty maximum is not enough to fit the crime, particularly with repeat offenders. Let's go to line one. Joining me on the 50,000-watt front porch, who have I got? It's changing in front of my eyes, Michael. I got a glitch in the technology on the screener. Who do I have on line one? Diane, good morning. You're on with a bud man. Forgive the delay. Good morning. Yeah, hi, bud. Um, I I agree 100% about what you say about keeping these guys. And if we need to build more jails, I'm sure the citizens wouldn't mind that. But my other take on this is, you know, ladies, what is wrong with you? Shacking up with these kind of men. When you have children in your house, wasn't there some kind of clue as to what this person was like? Where's your moral compass? You have children. You have children, and and do you really want someone like this to be the father of your child? This is just mind-boggling to me. There's, there's a lot of things wrong with this situation. But, right, he should not have been out, let out to prey on, on people. And, and, ladies, you should not have had him come into your home and into your bedroom and get a moral compass. We need one. We need a, a, a higher moral compass to keep our children safe. Thank you, dear. Thank you, Diane, very much. Now, listen. You know, there are hardcore repeat offenders of all races, okay? So I'm not trying to play the race card here. The fact of the matter is Cash is black, Markeith Lloyd is black, and throughout the Obama administration, you had the first black president of the United States, you know, pointing out to us that we have a disproportionate number of blacks who are hit with higher penalties for their crimes and wind up incarcerated than than their equivalents among the white population, et cetera. I think there's been a bend-over-backwards reflexive response to that, Yaffe, that has caused those in the criminal justice system to find a way to minimize the penalties and the incarceration of black repeat offenders. Oh, I think think that's exactly right, 100% right on that. You know, we had a texter that texted and made a good point. What happened to three strikes and you're out? I think that's, let's bring that back. Three strikes and you're out. Yeah, like 1020 life on a serious crime or something. And you never see the light of day again. Exactly. I mean, come on. This guy, this guy, 19 times. He's yeah. been the focus How's that of criminal possible? cases. In you know, he's only 31 years old. We're cutting him too much slack, folks. We shouldn't be putting up with that. We had, we had a kid waiting for, a, waiting for a school bus who was one of those who just randomly shot by this guy after he went out of his mind you know, gunning down members of his own family and killing his girlfriend for crying out loud. 407-916-5400 if you've got something to say, and I hope you do in this situation, because guess what? Nothing's going to change unless we, the law-abiding citizens of Central Florida, rise up and demand these changes in the criminal justice system with these repeat offenders, because the system is failing us. And this guy is the latest Exhibit A, 407-916-5400. Agree or disagree? Good morning, Atlanta from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. In for Deb Allen with an update on the news here and more on that domestic incident that led to the fatal shooting in Sanford we've been talking about. And UCF in the Final Four tonight. Good morning, Orlando at 730. Callers! 
On my take on the um, Sanford shooting rampage and how it shows us once again that the criminal justice system in Central Florida is failing the law-abiding public, let's get up to date on the story if you were just joining us here in Good Morning Orlando and in for Deb this morning to do that for us. With the news, once again, Alan Spector. Alan? Thanks, bud. Officials in Sanford say the shootings of six people Monday morning were the result of a domestic incident. 35-year-old Latina Herring was killed, also shot her sons, ages 7 and 8, and her 60-year-old father, along with a high school student and another bystander at a bus stop. Arrested is 31-year-old Alan Cash, Sanford Police Chief Cecil Smith. This was a domestic that went wrong, and he was angry and frustrated because of some circumstances that uh, led to him being involved or uh, being having the police department interact with him, which we believe led to um, this horrible incident taking place. The boys are hospitalized at Arnold Palmer in critical but stable condition. The 18-year-old girl who was shot while waiting for her school bus is in Serious but stable condition. The other bystander is also stable. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A brush fire is smoldering in Brevard County. Brevard County Emergency Management accounts for 625 acres that were scorched Monday west of I-95 in the area of the Beachline Expressway and State Roads 50 and 407 south of the St. John's National Wildlife Refuge. The fire was 75% contained. Lingering smoke has caused periodic road closures. Gas prices have risen for the first time in a while. The statewide average for a gallon of regular rose three cents in the past week to two twenty nine. AAA Florida's Mark Jenkins says it's all because of increased demand. Usually between February and Memorial Day, prices rise anywhere from thirty five to seventy five cents. This year, that hasn't really happened. We haven't seen a dramatic spike. A lot of that having to do with oil prices. Jenkins says crude oil prices have dropped about five dollars a barrel over the past few weeks. Governor Rick Scott is asking South Floridians to help combat the threat of the Zika virus as the rainy season approaches. The governor hosted a roundtable Monday at Miami Civic Center with Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez to discuss mosquito mitigation and preparedness plans. This was a domestic that went wrong, and he was angry and frustrated because of some circumstances that usually... This may be the off-season, uh, the low season, but we know the mosquitoes are coming, and so we're, we're taking very aggressive steps right now. Uh, we feel that if we can uh, knock down the mosquito population right now, we'll have fewer mosquitoes coming uh, in the summer. Mayor Jimenez attended the event and pledged his office. Managing Florida's largest county will hire 42 mosquito control workers in the coming months to increase its staff to 60 full-time workers. It's Black and Gold Day in Central Florida. The city of Orlando is urging residents to wear those colors in support of the UCF men's basketball team. The Knights are in the final four of the National Invitation Tournament, taking on TCU tonight at Madison Square Garden. And guard Matt Williams is ready for his primetime moment. I, I, this is the way I like to end my college career, you know. I'm here in New York, you know, on a big stage like this, so I don't really see it as being, you know, something bad. You know, I um, cherish it. You know, of course I'm here to win, but I'm also glad that um, I made it to New York with a team that I have. Tip-off is at 9 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins at 845 on FM 96.9 The Game. That's exciting. And you're a UCF grad, so is Yaffe. No question, in terms of basketball, the biggest game ever for the Knights. Would that be true? That is true. Ever since the days of Torchy Clark, this would be the biggest. No, no, we're not going down this road again. No, no, no. Okay. I'm we sorry. talked about the legendary coach <laughs> who's kind of like the father of UCF basketball yesterday, Torchy Clark. I love the name. I think it was for the red hair, wasn't it, for yeah, which he I'm, was noted? That's what I think it we was. We think so. Still very offended you're not wearing black and gold today. Mr. Specter. Well, I'm wearing black. 
You're halfway there, but Yaffe's all in for his nights. I mean, he's got he's got the uh, the UCF nice shirt on. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. All right, yep. n- name three players on the team. <laughs> Wait a minute, can can, can we move Dang along it. here? <laughs> What are you, you going to turn this into a game show? Sure. <laughs> Alan, thank you. Sure. Alan Spector in for Deb. Uh, he'll have more news whenever it breaks. And, of course, once again at the top of the hour, we're talking about uh, Alan Cash, this repeat felony offender out of Seminole County who will be charged with murder now. He killed his girlfriend, clearly, and um, seriously wounded a couple of her kids, another member of the family, and then randomly took off shooting and hurt somebody who was out in a baseball field and wounded a a kid waiting for a school bus. It's outrageous what's going on here. 19 criminal cases involving Alan Cash in Seminole County alone over the years. Now, I don't know that this will result in a prosecution for the death penalty, but they actually might be able to go that route because this is a Seminole County case. This is not under the jurisdiction of anti-death penalty state attorney from Orange Osceola, Aramis Ayala. Phil Archer is the state attorney up in Seminole County. But I, I just don't believe this will be a death penalty case. But it, but it's just a, it's, it's an outrage. It is an outrage that we have a criminal justice system with loose sentencing guidelines, too much judicial discretion. These repeat offenders, the whole thing needs to be rewritten to put them away so they can't keep on doing this stuff time after time after time and threatening the law-abiding public in between terms behind bars. Too many plea deals, too often. Charges dropped against the likes of Alan Cash. Let's go to the phones. Judy, you waited a long time to weigh in. Good morning to you, Judy, from Celebration. Yes, hi, Bud. I totally agree with you that this was a liberal reactionism on the part of our prosecutors. And I also agree with Michael Yappy that three strikes and you're out. Um, as a master's prepared nurse midwife for the last 30 years, I see this in my office, in the hospital all the time. And it's tragic. The rate of recidivism for these kind of people is extremely high. And um, Diane, who called in earlier about why do we um, <laughs> have these women shacking up with these sort of fellows a lot with fear, a great deal of it, a fear that they will be killed, even though they know that the rate's very high for that. It's a tragedy that their um, lack of self-esteem, sometimes their death oh, yeah. situations lead them into this. Well, you know, Judy, before. here's the deal. In the case of uh, Alan Cash here, there have been four different people, not including the now murdered girlfriend, who petitioned for domestic violence injunctions against Alan Cash over the last 12 years. Only one time did a judge grant that injunction right you're not protecting these women from from monsters like this here's eleanor from orlando on the alan cash case and my take on what it says about our criminal justice system go ahead eleanor i agree with what you said and i didn't realize that he was not in uh, under the jurisdiction of attorney Ayala. i'm glad of that at least no he's not that's seminole county not not orange osceola yep right Thanks, yeah. bud. Yeah, you bet. Um, Pete, you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch from Claremont. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, bud. Hey, I just, uh, this is like over 30 or 40 years of bleeding heart liberal uh, rehab programs that keep the people out of jail and let's try to fix them, except now they forgot the program and fixed them, and they're just letting people out. I have a, a friend of mine that, thank God, just came out of the hospital that was shot six times by her boyfriend, yeah. and, her, and her boyfriend was released on bond. So oh, the justice system in the state of Florida is failing us. I couldn't agree with you more. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And that's another angle on it. On the text line, the incoming Yaffe, what do you see? Uh, yes, one person says, if one can't function in a peaceful society, then one should not have the right to live in one. I'm guessing saying put them away. Amen to that. Yeah, that was a good, it was a good point. Yeah. So yeah. another person says, um, just another example of liberal judges, liberal prosecutors ruining our criminal justice system. And resulting in lives ruined and lives lost at the yeah. hands of these violent repeat offenders, the likes of Markeith Lloyd and, 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 and this guy, Alan Cash, now out of Sanford. Well, I mean, yeah, there are real consequences to that kind of thinking in our society. The Rush Morning Update straight ahead, and then a final full hour here on the 50,000-watt front porch, and we are loaded with bear. It's going to be a great final hour of the show, so I hope you'll be a part of it. And all of that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in just two minutes. So stick around right here, if you will, on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. We're glad you're with us here on a Tuesday morning at the top of the 8 o'clock hour for our very latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story, as it been as it has been all morning, one dead, five wounded in Sanford. We've got the details coming up in one minute. So what do you think? Are conservative, opinion-driven talk shows like mine bad for America? Next on Good Morning Orlando. Now traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the 10s. We look slow eastbound on I-4 from east of 557 to Osceola Polk Line Road and near the attractions. Eastbound also slows from Orange Blossom Trail to Colonial Drive. Westbound I-4 is slowing down from County Road 46A into 436. The beach line is closed because of a brush fire between I-95 and State Road 520. Have an accident southbound on I-95 approaching Taylor Road, Dunlawton Avenue and a crash on Tradeport Drive at Conway Road. If you see traffic problems, call the Safe Drug Security Tip Line at 866-676-8477. From the Traffic Center, I'm Daisy Ash. Your News Radio 1025 exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Patchy fog this morning, otherwise sunny today. High 86 at the attraction, 63 degrees, 62 in Orlando under sunny skies. 803 on News Radio 1025. A fatal shooting in Sanford began Monday morning with an argument over car and house keys. Sanford Police Chief Cecil Smith says 31-year-old Alan Cash and his girlfriend, 35-year-old Latina Herring, were arguing at a local convenience store and officers were called. She stated that Cash had the keys to her home and would not return them. While speaking to the victim, Sanford Police received a 911 call from Cash stating that the victim had the keys to his vehicle. The key, the victim returned the keys to Cash and both parties left the gas station separately. Officers were called to a second scene later and Smith says officials uh, that ended, uh, or actually that episode ended with Cash leaving the scene the third time they were alerted, they say Cash had shot and killed Herring and shot and wounded her 7- and 8-year-old sons, her 60-year-old father, and two bystanders at a nearby school bus stop, including an 18-year-old girl. The boys were last reported in critical but stable condition at Arnold Palmer. The girl is in serious but stable condition, and another man shot at the bus stop is stable. And remarkably, he's under arrest now, but Alan Cash, over the years, has been the focus of 19 criminal cases in Seminole County alone, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The fight over whether the governor can take away an officer killing case from a prosecutor because she no longer will seek the death penalty in any cases is returning to a courtroom in Orlando. A hearing takes place today in the case of Mark Heath Lloyd, who's charged with murdering an Orlando police lieutenant and his pregnant ex-girlfriend. 
Rick Scott took the case away from State Attorney Aramis Ayala in Orlando earlier this month after she announced she would not seek the death penalty in Lloyd's case or any future cases. Orlando and Orange County are planning to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. June 12th has been designated as Orlando United Day. Our community will never forget the tragedy of Pulse or the grief of those who lost loved ones, from heartbroken family and friends to survivors putting shattered lives back together. Our entire community stands with you. Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer and Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs announced the plans on a video posted Monday to the newly launched OrlandoUnitedDay.com. A series of day-long remembrance events in downtown Orlando will end in a vigil at the Pulse nightclub. Florida and a dozen mostly uh, Republican-led states are throwing their support behind the Trump administration's temporary ban on new visas to people from six mostly Muslim nations. In a court filing Monday, the state said the president's revised travel restrictions, now frozen by federal judges, are well within the authority granted to him by Congress and do not discriminate based on religion. The city of Orlando is urging all Central Florida residents to wear black and gold today to show their support for the UCF Knights basketball team. The Knights are in the Final Four of the NIT, the National Invitation Tournament, and will take on TCU in a semifinal matchup tonight at Madison Square Garden. Here's UCF head coach Johnny Dawkins. It's been a terrific year from the standpoint of expectations and you know what we talked about trying to accomplish as a group and to see our young people believe and give us a chance to be here still playing at this time of the year. You know, something that I'll always always remember. Tip-off is at 9 p.m. Pre-game coverage starts at 8.45 on our sister station, FM 96.9, The Game. I think I'll be staying up late tonight. What a story that is. Biggest basketball game in UCF history, right? Yep, you'll have your black and gold PJs on, I'm sure. There you go, no doubt about it. I can just picture it now, and I'm sorry (laughs) I am, actually. WFLA (laughs) news time is 8.07. Read about... The real reason behind King George III's madness at 1025WFLA.com. Something to do with that uh, revolution over here in the colonies not going well? Actually, it it all centered around the heartbreak of psoriasis. Oh, no kidding. The third at King George III. Oh, come on. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alan Spector with us this morning as Deb takes one more day off. She'll be back with us tomorrow morning here as we bring you Good Morning Orlando, the midweek edition from a brand new studio. More on that in the next half hour as we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Brand new studio. It is a palace. We'll try to give you the word picture in our next half hour. Also give you chapter and verse on how to join us for the big debate showdown. Blowing smoke between liberal attorney John Morgan... And from the right, yours truly, the Bud Man, sounding off and debating the issues of the day with Deborah Roberts as the moderator down at the Corona Cigar Company in downtown Orlando this Thursday night from 7 until 9. It's a ticketed event only, and you can go to the website, 1025wfla.com, and learn all about it and get your tickets and all the info right now. And we'll tell you all about it in further detail as well before this hour is out. Let's dive into the question of hour number three here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Are conservative, opinion-driven talk shows like this one bad for America? We'll get into it. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You remember Ted Koppel in the heyday of his nightline show on ABC that came out of the Iran hostage situation in 1979? 
that was a terrific program. But the fact is, the now semi-retired Ted Koppel is a member of the liberal media elite, longing for the days when he and his colleagues had a virtual monopoly on news and information disseminated to the American public, and they could slant it the way they wanted to slant it, and they often slanted it toward the left, and there were no voices to counter it back in the good old days, as Ted would see it. Well, my colleague in conservative talk radio, and of course he's also on television, Sean Hannity agreed to an interview with Koppel for a piece Koppel was fronting for CBS in their Sunday morning program this past weekend. And um, here's what came out of it. Listen to Koppel telling Hannity that opinion-driven shows like his on radio and TV, and by extension, like mine right here on WFLA, actually hurt this country. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do? In the, in the long haul, I think you really? and all these opinion That's shows... That's sad, Ted. No, you know why? That's sad. Because you're very good at what you do and because you have, you have, you have attracted people who are determined that ideology is more important than facts. Feel insulted listening to me right now? Says you're an idiot. You care more about ideology than you care about facts. You can't tell the difference between opinion and straight news. How arrogant is that? But the arrogance of the media elite is not unique to Ted Koppel. My childhood hero and my initial inspiration to go into the broadcasting business, the late Walter Cronkite, used to have a sign-off that everybody loved. But it is the height of arrogance. And think about it. The final phrase that was spoken by the most dominant news anchor of his time, Walter Cronkite, every single night on the CBS Evening News. And that's the way it is. Oh, play that a few more times for me, Yaffe, will you? And that's the way it is. 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 You've just given yourself 30 minutes to listen to Walter Cronkite and, and company, and that's it. He's telling you, we got it right. No other dissenting points of views. This is the way this day unfolded. Our reporting of it. How arrogant is that? But let me ask you a question. In the wake of the dust-up between Koppel and Hannity, and I think Hannity gave much better than he got, and it was just awesome. How do you feel about that contention by the media elite represented by Ted Koppel that conservative opinion-driven shows like Hannity's, like ours, are actually bad for this country. What do you? Th how do you react to that? Because you've chosen, with all the options you have in morning radio, to listen to a host who was literally paid to have an opinion on everything. Is that somehow bad for America? I see that as the living, breathing embodiment of the very best in our First Amendment freedoms of speech. But Koppel doesn't see it that way. What say you? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. I want to hear from the smartest audience in talk radio whether you agree with me or with Ted Koppel. I want to know. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. 
So Ted Koppel tells Sean Hannity that conservative shows like his and like mine, like ours, are bad for America. You know, because people, they can't tell the difference between opinion and fact, and they they listen for the ideology as opposed to whatever the truth might be. You know, he doesn't seem to have a problem, um, you know, with, with a left-leaning mainstream media out there. Everything is okay with him because he's got a leftist perspective. He's one of those media elite guys, old Ted Koppel. Yaffe? Well, yeah, and the hypocrisy is amazing because in saying that, he was giving an opinion. In fact, he gives his own opinion a lot. So he's allowed to give his opinion, but the other side, no, not so much. No, ours is not worth listening to, and in it's fact, not. it's worse than that. We're literally a threat to America. <laughs> We're tearing the fabric of society apart. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Go ahead to the lines here, the phone lines. Let's do it right now as we bring in Greg. What's your reaction to all of this with Koppel and Hannity? Hey, morning, bud. Hey, I, I really think that uh, the mainstream media is bad for America for, because for years they've marginalized people that didn't uh, believe in the socialism and liberalism that they uh, espouse. And, um, you know, we've looked for other news sources, and we can tell the difference between opinion and fact. And they've been giving us opinions for years, and we wanted facts. So we sought out new sources. Absolutely right. And that's a celebration of freedom and our, and our First Amendment rights is, is what that is. They can be nothing but good for America as I see it. But, of course, I'm hopelessly biased because I make my living doing this kind of work, right, Greg? But I have a more yeah. objective opinion, I think, from you. Yeah, but we've been listening. I've been listening to Rush Limbaugh and Hannity. Well, not Hannity, but Limbaugh for almost 30 years now. And he gives both sides. He gives his opinion, but he gives the facts from both sides. And the problem with the left, the problem with the media is they give one side. And they think they're giving you the news when, in fact, they're just giving you a portion of the news because they've already decided for us. Yeah, that's the arrogance of the likes of Koppel and uh, my one-time childhood hero and inspiration, Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. What I just told you is the way it is, the height of the height of media elite arrogance, really. Here's Lars in Hawthorne. Good morning, Lars. Uh, good morning, bud. I believe it's purely sour grapes because no liberal radio talk program has ever succeeded on a national level. Remember uh, Air America? We oh, used yeah. to call it WPLV, Whining Progressive Liberal Vomit. Give me those call letters again. What was that? Oh, what did that stand for? WPLV, <laughs> whining progressive liberal vomit. <laughs> That's why nobody wanted to listen. No, they didn't. You know, I don't listen to you, bud, because uh, I agree with you. I listen because you agree with me, as with most people that are conservative. We gravitate towards people who agree with our opinion that we already hold. It's just that you're better at articulating what I already believe, than I am. That is why we listen. Thank you very much. No, I'm not that much better. I just managed to con the right people into actually hiring me and paying me to do this work. Yaffe, what's coming in on the text line? We got any any support for my take on all of this? Oh, bud, we have a lot of support for your take on this. Um, a lot of people think that Koppel might be wanting censorship of our kind of our kind of media. Oh, they I think, think that's, I think the that's next... clearly implied in that interview with Hannity. Well, I think he talked about and he wants the fairness doctrine back, right. which is, you know, basically censorship. That unleashed Rush Limbaugh and led to everything else. Yeah. And by the way, this is the text of the day. He says, uh, talk radio is not a danger to America. It's a danger to liberalism. 
And that's why Koppel has such a problem with it as yeah. a member of the media liberal elite. Oh, here's a great text. Yeah. Give me Budman and Yaffe or give me death. So, oh, right. A little Patrick <laughs> Henry there. I like Patrick that. Patrick Henry's a fan of the show, apparently. Give me the Budman and Yaffe or give me death. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. You are the best audience in talk radio. I'm the luckiest guy on the planet being able to do this show with you. Absolutely. Alan joins us in for Deb and uh, another angle on the shooting rampage uh, up in Sanford. Some calling into question the quality of police work surrounding all of this. But Bud, the chief of Sanford Police is standing by his officers in the case of a fatal shooting Monday morning. Chief Cecil Smith says officers who had investigated calls involving suspect Alan Cash and his girlfriend were thorough. Prior to that taking place, he had been searched twice, at least twice, by officers, and his vehicle had been searched prior as well. Cash was arrested Monday after what appears to have been a domestic dispute turned tragic. The girlfriend, her father, and two sons were shot, along with two random bystanders, before Cash was taken into custody. The woman died of her injuries. The others remain hospitalized. The two boys apparently sustained the worst injuries. They're in critical but stable condition at Arnold Palmer. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Gas prices have risen about three cents a gallon statewide over the past week. AAA Florida's Mark Jenkins says that's because there's more people filling up their tanks. You've got more people driving and in town for spring break, spring training. You've still got winter residents who are here for the season. So you've got that increased demand at a time when refineries are putting out less gasoline because they're switching over to uh, summer blend gasoline. They're also taking some of their machinery offline because they're doing routine seasonal maintenance. Jenkins says at the same time crude oil prices have been dropping and that's keeping prices from rising even more. A budget subcommittee in the Florida House votes to impose tougher penalties for five violent crimes if the defendant is an illegal alien. The ACLU says it violates the Constitution and would never survive a court challenge, but Representative Dane Eagle, Republican from Cape Coral, told lawmakers to pass it anyway. Many sides have speculated whether it is, and others have speculated whether it isn't, but I will just state that that is purely speculation. We have something here that could be constitutional. We will never know until the courts address that. Eagle's bill would mean more jail time for illegal immigrants convicted of sexual battery, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, murder, armed burglary, or unlawful throwing or placing of a bomb. In sports, wear your black and gold today. UCF is in the Final Four of the National Invitation Tournament and faces TCU in the NIT semifinals tonight. Knight Center Taco Fall is pumped up for the biggest game in school history. We feel great. We, we prepare all week long. Um, the guys were great. Practice was great. The coaches made sure they prepared us for everything we should face this, um, this couple of games, so we're very excited. Tip off at Madison Square Garden, 9 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins at 8.45 on our sister station, FM 96.9, The Game. Elsewhere, Bud, yeah. the investor who bought Donald Trump's boyhood home at auction just over a year ago is enjoying a windfall. I'll bet. According to City Records, Michael Davis purchased the Queen's home in December of 2016. On Monday, it was announced the house had once again been sold at auction for over $2 million, representing an increased profit of over 50%. So it was owned by the Queen? Uh, it was. Uh, it's in Queens. Oh, yes, in New York City area. Queens, one of the boroughs, as it yes. were. Yes. Thank you very much for clarifying that. Yeah, good one, bud. President Trump apparently lived in the home until he was four years old. <laughs> hey, you know, we were talking about Mars earlier this morning. Yeah. You guys seemed awfully interested, so here's some more. All right. Conspiracy theorists say new photos of Mars show that aliens could have built towers on the planet's surface. Nude photos of Mars. 
New photos of Mars. Watch the diction over there. I'm very confused. Go ahead. Alien Hunters, Mars, Moon, (laughs) Space TV, and UFO YouTube channel Secure Team 10 describe a sphere shown on the edge of a Martian lake that dried up millions of years ago as a massive white spherical object. Okay, okay, okay. They also say a shadow indicates the object is not only large, but, quote, might have some height to it and might be a tower structure. How did it survive the tsunami you were talking about earlier? That's what I want to know. Questions that are just unanswered at this point, but uh, further study will not be done by me. Yes, a (laughs) water-free tsunami might be one of the questions, too, but... um... What do I know? Yeah, you're just waiting for the nude photos from Mars. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. I'm saying, what? Look at this Martian chick. Uh, are we Whoa. done? Huh? Got one more. All right. Mexican restaurant in Texas is responding to a viral Facebook post showing what appeared to be teeth found in a barbacoa taco meal. Hmm. El Rincon Mexican restaurant near Austin says it won't be using the USDA-inspected meat from a San Antonio company again. But the teeth found in the taco meal were not teeth. They were actually cow lips. Oh, that's even worse. Barbacoa (laughs) is often prepared with parts from the heads of cattle. (laughs) I I did not know that was like in tacos. Yeah. I didn't think they really used anything from. I thought it was mostly just sawdust and gravy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but who knows? You look, this look, is a step up from that. Look so. at a taco. There could be anything in there. It's like a hot dog. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. But it sure tastes good. Cowlips. Bud, Bud, more. Back to you. <laughs> Merciful. I really didn't know they ever used, like, the cow head for anything. I, well. This is very news to me. <laughs> <laughs> As Howard Cosell once said when the Chicago Cubs folded to the New York Mets in the pennant drive, mercifully, it is over. <laughs> no, we, we enjoyed it, Alan. You did great. <laughs> we could go all the way. <laughs> We're going to go all the way into our next segment here, followed by the sound judgment game for prizes. Um, we, we've got something very, very exciting we've been anticipating for a long time. Brand new Studio Digs will tell you all about the 50,000-watt front porch, as it will be starting tomorrow. And... Everything you need to know about how to be a part of the big debate showdown between John Morgan and the Budman, the blowing smoke debate this Thursday night in downtown Orlando at the Corona Cigar Company. You'll want to be a part of that. Get all the info. Get your tickets now at 1025WFLA.com. We're going to hear from John Morgan. He is making a bold prediction about what happens when he locks horns on the issues of the day with yours truly, the Budman. We'll get to that here in just a moment, and we'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well for you in two minutes. So hang with us, if you will, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I know for you the 50,000-watt front porch is pure theater of the mind. You have some kind of an image in your mind of what the 50,000-watt front porch on Good Morning Orlando actually is like. But from our end, it's not pure theater of the mind. For the last, I don't know, it seems like forever, we've been moved out of our wonderful palatial digs, the studio we used to broadcast in, across the hall to um, a large broom closet. Broom closet. And that's where we've been doing the show. It's all us right? and some vacuum cleaners. It all seems <laughs> the same to you, but it hasn't been the same to us. And Yaffe, right across the hallway, and it's been so tantalizing, they have been redoing this studio, and it is absolutely magnificent, and we get to broadcast from it for the first time ever tomorrow morning, and we're pumped. 
Yeah, you'll want to be on Facebook tomorrow morning as well because we'll broadcast Facebook Live tomorrow morning, a whole new Facebook Live setup. It's going to be really nice. Starting at 6 o'clock, are we going to be up live? People can see it on video? Yes, sir. Are we able to show them around a little bit? Yeah, we'll do it all three hours tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's going to be absolutely terrific. They've done a magnificent job. Mike Spry and his, his team of engineers and the people who've come in here and worked the construction on it, it is an absolute radio studio palace. And, Alan, you've been in the radio business a long time. I think you can attest to this is better than the average digs. I've worked in a lot of dumps, and this is better than average. <laughs> It's a beauty, isn't it? It's going to be great. It is. It, it looks really nice, really roomy. Room for plenty of people to come in. I'm going to have guests all the time when I do the news here. Panoramic view um, from two different angles. We've got the windows, in. the whole deal there. we got the American flag hanging, and it's just fantastic. And uh, they've got a clock so big, I'll have no excuse for ever running late. I told you this morning, <laughs> we were talking about it. I told Bud, I said, my favorite feature of the new studio is the giant clock. Because in many studios, like the broom closet here, you're having to peer around corners and look under behind computer screens to figure out what time it is. No more, because we have the giant red clock in the new studio. Thanks to everybody who made it possible and worked so hard. And it's been a long time coming, but the 50,000-watt front porch tomorrow, catch it in all its glory. We'll be talking about it and painting the word pictures when we go on the air from 6 until 9 tomorrow morning at Good Morning Orlando, and you'll be able to catch the video of it and see for yourself on Facebook Live. Also, coming up Thursday night, downtown Orlando, the Corona Cigar Company, the big showdown debate between liberal attorney John Borgen and the Budman here, and it's going to be great. We call it blowing smoke because... You're going to get, along with your ticket, a cigar, your own cigar cutter, and a tumbler of whiskey, a portion of the proceeds benefiting the Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida. Uh, We want you to be with us. It's going to be absolutely great. Deborah Roberts will be moderating, and um, they've laid out the the debate format. It's going to be very interesting. You'll be able to ask us questions as well. It's a showdown between lefty lawyer John Morgan and, from the right, yours truly, the Bud Man. Find out everything. And get your tickets now at 1025WFLA.com. All right, we're playing for Cirque du Soleil tickets. The amazing prize we're giving away to our winner on um, Sound Judgment, which is coming right up. So don't miss that. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes ahead here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Really fired up to play our daily sound judgment game right now because we have maybe the most valuable prize we have ever offered our winner. Michael, tell us about it. Our winner today gets a family four-pack of tickets to Cirque du Soleil Lanuba. Experience thrills and enchantment of Lanuba by Cirque du Soleil at Disney Springs before they take their final bow on December 31st. With the Florida Resident Family Pack deal, you can receive over 50% in savings on purchases of three or four tickets. It's just one more reason to see the show that combines aerobatics, dazzling choreography, vibrant music, and whimsical characters. Florida residents can book their tickets by calling 407-WDW-SEAT or by visiting La Nuba Box Office right now. And if you're our Sound Judgment winner, you're going on us. A four-pack of tickets to Cirque du Soleil. How's that for a prize? You ready to go? All right, 407-916-5400 is the number. If somebody gets a wrong answer, you might be able to sneak in and win. For today's sound judgment game, here is a sound cut from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announcing that one of pro football's storied franchises is about to relocate from one city to another. Now listen closely, then use your sound judgment to tell me 
what team is moving and what city they'll be moving to. We have a very rigorous uh, and disciplined process. It's a difficult process, as it should be, uh, in a relocation. Our stadium committee and finance committee, which represent 18 owners, uh, worked tirelessly on this over the last nine months or so, uh, just on uh, this relocation proposal. That's uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell of the NFL. So tell me, line one, what team will be moving? What city will they be moving to? I have no clue. Oh, I'm so sorry. But there's an open line for you at 407-916-5400 to win those sound, not sound, judgment Cirque du Soleil tickets. Line two, what NFL team's moving? What city are they moving to? I believe it's the Rams to L.A. No. That's not the answer to this question. Let's go to line three. Go ahead, line three. You can win it. I'll say the Raiders to Las Vegas. Yes, we have a winner. (laughs) Nice going. You've been listening. I actually gave that headline a couple of times this morning, and way to go. If you'll give me your first name along with the Cirque du Soleil tickets, you'll get a note of congratulations from the old Bud Man here. All right. Thank you, Bud. That's Ron and Apopka. Good deal. You ever been to Cirque du Soleil? No, no. You're going to love it. It's a phenomenal show, and these tickets are worth hundreds of dollars. We wow. hope that you enjoy them, Ron. I uh, will. Thank you, bud. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, don't go away. I'm going to put you off air with uh, Michael right now to make the arrangements. Yep, the Oakland Raiders are going to be moving to Las Vegas, Nevada, and Ron's won those Cirque du Soleil tickets. Good news, we have Cirque du Soleil tickets every day this week on Sound Judgment. So tune in tomorrow morning because you never know when we're going to play the game. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Good Morning Orlando. We got the podcast and all the highlights on the um, on the website, 1025WFLA.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab at the bottom of the page. And if you can't get enough of talk radio on WFLA local style, Yaffe Show's on tonight. Yes, and I have so much to talk about, bud. They gave me two hours. So I'm on 7 to 9 p.m. tonight. Prime time, <laughs> yes, Yaffe. Of course. Yeah. Outstanding. And then you can maybe switch over to our sister station, 96.9 The Game, and you'll be able to catch UCF in the NIT Final Four. What a night. Winning. Yes, UCF winning. There you go. Think positively. I think they can do it. What a story. What a show, and thanks to you for making it all work. See you tomorrow. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.